inside of all of us. And really, Dick has found this to be true of everyone he's ever worked with. And he's worked with murderers and pedophiles and people who most other psychological theories would say people don't have a conscious or a self. He found it, but that everyone has what we, he calls the self. Mm-hmm. And he says, he, he spells it with a capital S, self. And that's really the essence of our being, you know, our, our core self. And it can't be damaged no matter what's happened to us. So no matter how horrific our traumas or childhoods were, inside of us resides this this undamaged place. Welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast. You worry, I worry, we all do. If you're paying attention to the world today, there's a lot for women to feel worried and anxious about. As we explore the worries with curiosity and compassion, we learn to live more authentically and unleash the warrior within, someone who is strong, capable, and resilient, come what may. It's time to stop battling against yourself and start using your powers to meet everyday challenges with energy, purpose, and bravery. Now here's your host, Elizabeth Cush. Today's episode is brought to you by Three Invitations to Come Home to You. If you'd like to learn how to feel more at home in yourself, you can sign up for your free invitations at elizabethcushcoaching.com. Hi, and welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I am super excited about my guest today, Michelle Glass, who is an IFS certified therapist, trainer, counselor, and I'm excited to explore the model with her in a bit but I just wanted to talk a little bit about why this episode was so important to me to bring forward. And I know that I talk about my parts here on the podcast. I know that I've talked about my healing journey through exploring the different parts of me. And I guess I just wanted to have someone who was fully trained in the model of internal family systems come on to share with us a little bit about it, as well as her own healing journey, doing IFS work and parts work herself. So Michelle is a lovely presence and it was really great to get to know her. And I'm excited to share the episode with you because as I have shared here, like we all have different parts of us. And sometimes if we're triggered or if we haven't healed some of those very wounded parts, it can lead to us not living our lives as fully as we would like to. So with that said, Let's get started, and I'll tell you a little bit about Michelle. Michelle Glass runs a private practice as an alternative counselor out of Eugene, Oregon, and sees clients remotely around the world. She is a certified Level 3 Internal Family Systems practitioner with over 16 years of experience with the model. She provides workshops on the DPMP for both clinicians and clients, and DPMP is Daily Parts Meditation Practice. Additionally, she is the editor of the Foundation for Self Leadership's magazine, Outlook. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from Metropolitan State College of Denver. 
She has spent over 20 years studying in the psycho-spiritual realms and has a strong base in being self-led. She is a soul collage facilitator and enjoys melding it with IFS as a creative integration of our parts. She used IFS to heal from a traumatic childhood and is now an enthusiastic hope merchant. She wants to help everyone experience that same healing. She is the proud mother of two incredible grown daughters. She invites you to contact her through her listenerllc.com website or on the IFS Daily Parts Meditation Practice Facebook private and public group pages. The links to all of those will be included in the show notes. After Michelle and I talked, she was kind enough to email me and offer us a free guided meditation to add to the episode. So if you hang on to the end, you'll be able to hear her guiding us in a meditation for new parts or exploring parts in progress. And I'm excited to share this with you. So hang on till the end. Let's jump into the conversation with Michelle. Hi, Michelle, and welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast. Hello, Elizabeth. It's nice to be here with you. Thanks for the invitation. Oh, it's so nice to have you. And I'm always I mean, some guests I reach out to, other guests reach out to me to be on the podcast. But interestingly, you emailed me about a broken link or a link to a, an older version of your book. And that prompted me to look at your book and say, oh my goodness, she should be on the podcast. So <laughs> it's a funny way to come to having you here, but I'm excited to talk to you. But if you wouldn't mind telling the listeners a little bit about you and what got you involved with internal family systems and inspired you to create this beautiful book, Daily Parts Meditation Practice. Great. Thank you. Yes, it was a very funny, circular set of circumstances. <laughs> I was working on my own, uh, revamping my own website <laughs> and found that oh. after you, you um, had me listed on yours. So anyway. That's cool. Yeah. So let's see. I am a certified IFS practitioner and alternative counselor. Mm -hmm. And here in Oregon, um, where I live, it's one of two states in the U.S., the other one being Vermont, that allows for practitioners to practice counseling without a license. Oh, wow. Yeah. So long as we don't assess, diagnose, or treat mental disorders. Hmm. And that's a perfect fit for IFS. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I fit into that with the alternative counselor. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. It feels freeing for me. I've got a lot of colleagues and friends who don't feel as free as I get to feel with my practice. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor in licensed in Maryland, and there are a lot of restrictions to who I can see, who I can't see. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So along with that, uh, along with having my practice, I'm a, an author of the book you just mentioned, uh, Daily Parts Meditation Practice, A Journey of Embodied Integration for Clients and Therapists. Mm -hmm. It's been very well received in the IFS community. Got a Spanish version coming out later this year. And I wow. do workshops around the world and online based on this book. Very cool. And what brought you to IFS as a, 
you're a therapist or you know a counselor that helps people with that this model but two what brought you personally i know you share this a little bit in the book yeah yeah well a few things um, i've always wanted to be a counselor and once I had done a bulk of my own healing and after many years of workshops with Dick, at, um, the founder of the model mm-hmm. at Esalen, I finally took my level one, both at Esalen and my level one, many veteran therapists were surprised to learn that I wasn't already a counselor. And so they really urged me and really poked me to become a practitioner. Mm. So I did. But another thing was along my healing journey, I had done a um, several psychedelic journeys. And that also really illuminated my path of purpose in becoming the listener, which is my website's name. Mm-hmm. And then really ultimately at the base of all of that is that I was called to really help others along their healing journeys. Having walked in the trenches myself, healing from complex trauma, mm-hmm. I knew how, you know, how that went for me and and also some other friends along the way. So I really wanted to pay that forward. IFS had really saved my life. So I wanted to help others do the same. Mm. I'm going to ask you to sort of explain the model a little bit in a minute, but I love the non-pathologizing aspect of IFS. I feel like as you you were talking, like it just frees the client even from this sense of like, I have this disorder that I'm broken versus, yeah, versus just like, I need to learn to work with my parts in a way that's, yeah, more healing and that they, so that they can heal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For listeners who might not be familiar, I had Another woman, um, Michelle Richardson, who is an IFS practitioner in New Jersey, come on a few years ago and we talked about IFS in a very general way, but also how it can, that anxious part shows up and how we can work with it. Mm -hmm. But I wondered if you would just, for listeners new to the podcast or new to IFS, just to have a basic understanding of what it is. <laughs> sure. I, I do IFS intros on this all the time. So um, <laughs> I'll try to be short on this because I, I have some parts that just love talking about the model. So <laughs> you have to cut me off when you need to. Um, you go. <laughs> yeah. So let's see, I'll start with it was founded in the um, early 80s by Dick Schwartz. Mm-hmm. He was a family systems therapist by training. And the model really developed and unfolded over time with his real deep listening to his clients and eventually learning that he had his own parts and asking his parts to separate and unblend enough so that his self could really lead with his clients. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means in a minute, but it was really his deep listening with his clients and curiosity about their own inner systems and then him discovering his own inner system that helped bring this model forward. And it's really founded on the notion that we don't have a unitary mind, that we're all multiple and that multiple is good and natural. We all have many facets or sides or parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's normal. Like you talked about earlier, it's, we have this non-pathologizing framework where we meet parts in a non-judgmental way and just open and curious. 
And it's, you know, it's a common vernacular to hear someone say a part of me wants to maybe walk on the beach and another part of me doesn't would mm. rather be staying in bed and sleeping. Right. Right. And yeah. it turns out when we listen inside and get really curious, we find that these are real little people inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I like to envision them as like, yeah, like little, little people. Yeah. Separate entities almost. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, it was an uphill endeavor for Dick to bring IFS to the psychotherapeutic community in the early days because of this multiple, multiple view mindset of the mind. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But now it's become such a popular and it's really like the fastest growing model of psychotherapy right now. And in fact, the um, IFS Institute is really working super hard to keep up with the demand. They trainings fill within minutes now. Yeah. I just tried doubled and tripled. Yeah. (laughs) I keep trying to get in on a training and like by the time I, uh, the last one, it was through a lottery system and I I didn't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the lottery system now. Yeah. So I encourage people to still do that if they're interested, because it's really the best way to learn the model. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the se- two best ways to learn the model is one, receiving um, the therapy yourself, learning it from the inside, but then of course, taking the level one training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of how it began and some of that. But if you want to talk about the structure of how IFS is framed, I can talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just give us, yeah. uh, Yes. That would be great. Cause I think that sometimes it can be kind of confusing. Like, well, what do you mean? I have parts of me like what, Mm -hmm. or, and two, there are parts of us that maybe we've learned not to like very much. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yes, I'd love to have a a little structure on what the basic sort of premises are for it. Uh Mm -hmm. Good. Yep. So The basic pieces are that um, we have different types of parts. We have protector parts, which we can break down into two categories, managers and firefighters. Mm -hmm. Aside from protectors, we also have exiles. Exiles hold the pain of our trauma and attachment wounds, and they really push to the side or hidden in recesses, right? But we try to not touch on those wounds and those, those pains. So our managers and firefighters push those parts of us away. So managers do that proactively Mm. by doing all sorts of things to prevent those exiles from getting hurt. So they could be parts of us like strivers, Mm -hmm. controlling parts, critical parts, parts that don't like other parts like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And firefighters are the reactive parts. So once those parts do get triggered, because invariably managers can't do that 100 percent of the time, mm-hmm. you know, we do get our feelings hurt and things do trigger us to earlier memories. Yeah. The firefighters come to the rescue like a real firefighter would. They just kind of bust into the house and do whatever they can to help. And so that can look like addictive behavior, self-harm and suicidal behaviors and dissociation, those type of parts of us that really take us out um, and to help douse those flames of the pain. Hmm. variety of ways. Those are the parts of us, right? We have these different parts, but inside of all of us, and really Dick has found this to be true of everyone he's ever worked with, and he's worked with murderers and pedophiles and people who most other psychological theories would say people don't have a conscious or a self. He found it, but that everyone 
has what we calls the self. Mm-hmm. And he says, he spells it with a capital S, self. And that's really the essence of our being, you know, our, our core self. And it can't be damaged no matter what's happened to us. So no matter how horrific our traumas or childhoods were, inside of us resides this, this undamaged place. And that place inside of us, once we can help our parts unburden and unblend, which we'll talk about in a minute maybe, mm-hmm. is the ultimate optimal leader for our system. Sometimes people hear this message that parts are bad and self is good, but it's we need both of them. Self can lead our parts and parts are very essential mm-hmm. and necessary in our lives. So I have a part that really wants people to hear that, that it's not parts are bad and self is good. It's parts are covered with their burdens, mm-hmm. these extreme beliefs and feelings that impact our lives. Yeah, Those are what make it feel, quote, bad or not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To me, the the concept, but also the reality that like the self is there and undamaged and, you know, we almost just have to uncover it in a way is such a beautiful idea. And I don't know, just that it's there no matter what has happened to us. It's just exactly. lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I, we often use a metaphor of the clouds and the sun. The sun is always there. So the self and the sun would be the same kind of metaphor. Mm-hmm. The clouds would be parts. And, you know, depending on the weather, they could be sparse clouds or they could be a full-on thunderstorm yeah. with blending of our parts. But the sun is always there. Even at nighttime, it's there. It's just in a different place of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's lovely. That's a nice way to to envision it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with your program, I know you do workshops and you have this lovely book, The Daily Parts Meditation Practice. Like how does meditation and kind of that going inward, how does that support our journey with our parts? Because you talked about Mm -hmm. unburdening and you talked about unblending, like talk to us a little bit about maybe how meditation can support that process. Yeah, good. Well, maybe I'll talk a little bit about unblending and unburdening first so people can maybe understand a little bit about how that applies with meditation. Mm Mm-hmm. So when we're said to be blended with a part, it's like when the clouds are over the sun, we can't really see the sun and we feel all the feelings or beliefs of a part. Mm. And we, in IFS, we get to ask our parts if they can pull their energy out from us or give us a little bit of space to maybe be next to us. And that's the unblending where we get to know that we're different from that part or a collection of parts and those parts get to know self. Mm. We unblend that. We maybe ask those the wind to blow the clouds away from the sun so to speak Mm -hmm. and parts are willing to varying degrees to do that once we do that and we're working with parts we get to do a special process that is pretty unique to ifs which is the unburdening process Mm -hmm. and it's a lot to go into but i'll just give a very short synopsis of you know we get to witness do a deep witnessing of what that part holds Mm -hmm. And do a missing experience or a redo of what they needed, having self there as like that attachment parent maybe Mm -hmm. in that scene. And we retrieve them out of the past because many of our parts are literally stuck in the past in those scenes of 
trauma or attachment wounding. And then they get to release the burdens, all these feelings and sensations and memories that they carry, Mm. literally letting letting go of them. And then once those are gone, we can invite them to bring back into them their lost qualities And for me, this is something I do in particular with the unburdening process is I also help parts rename themselves. So we earlier talked about maybe parts that don't like one another, Mm -hmm. maybe critic. Mm -hmm. Often we find the critic becomes something like the cheerleader Hmm. or a part that maybe was stuck in the middle Hmm. becomes harmony instead. And so that really unhooks any residual anchors to the past. So that's kind of the unburdening process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a, um, I've watched through some of the trainings that I've done, I've watched Dick Schwartz work with clients to unburden and set free and, you know, go play in the sunshine or whatever that part needed, you know, a wounded child part. And it's just really an amazing process to me, the idea that these sort of over- overworked, but also working so hard, these parts that maybe we don't like as much can find new ways of being is really very hopeful. It is. Yeah. It's, and it's very real and very palpable when you're in that experience, um, whether you're the client or the practitioner or therapist with your client, it's, it's a very real process and it literally changes parts. It really changes the way we interact in the world. So it's it's very profound. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. So how that kind of works with meditation mm-hmm. from the IFS perspective, we really listen into those parts or those feelings. I know many different meditation practices will encourage us to either just think of them as things floating by or maybe ignore them as transitory things, but we actually listen to them and do that unblending, right? So we we realize, oh, maybe I'm feeling super depressed. Well, we can help that part unblend enough so that we're in ourself. That self-energy, which I didn't talk about earlier, is a lot of qualities which Dick likes alliteration. And so there are a lot of C, C words, mm-hmm. calm, curious, compassionate, yeah. connectedness, confidence, courage, clarity, and creativity. So we can get into that space In our meditation, which is, I mean, I guess most meditations want us to get to this, you know, transcendental place of oneness or this, this open place. And that's, that's kind of the space of self, Mm. but often our parts aren't willing to unblend or they keep coming in and out during our meditations. So it's by working with our parts in the meditation that they eventually feel trusting enough to unblend and give space so that we can be in that beautiful meditative space for as long as Hmm. we want to be. Hmm. Sometimes we can have protective managers or firefighters whose job it is in meditation to take us there to that meditative space. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I can do this. (laughs) I I know those parts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they have really good intentions. And that's something else I didn't say earlier about IFS is we know that all parts have a positive intention. So even these parts that try to take us to a place in meditation have a positive intention, right? They're trying to help us experience something and to maybe to get away from some of those feelings. But even when working in a meditation practice through an IFS perspective, 
even those parts can give space mm. and allow us to be in self and even they get to feel the the support and comfort of self hmm. as well. Yeah, that's interesting that you said that yeah, those parts that will come in and take us. I've taken a few sort of group meditation practices and meditate on my own daily, but I definitely have parts like I did one of your meditations. I got the audio for the book as well and um it you know suggesting like what part is showing up for you right now and let's explore it. I just go sometimes to a place where I almost fall asleep and yet I'm not asleep. It's like there, mm-hmm. there is a part of me that just says, you know, we're not going to go that deep. We're going to go deep, like inside uh-huh. ourselves, but not really do the exploration. So it's interesting. Yeah. And I recognize this about myself. So I've been, you know, just trying to be gentle with myself around that. But yeah, it's very easy for yeah. me to, you know, quote unquote, dissociate, sort of just kind of step away. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Well, it's really good that you noticed that part and you'll get to know more about what it's trying to do for you and its history. And um, yeah, you may end up having different experiences. Yeah. 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 So IFS really looks at it in a little bit of a different way. And Dick, he met the Dalai Lama a few years ago. And, and one of my favorite quotes from Dick is it's not compassionate to let suffering beings parade by. So he kind of talked to the Dalai Lama a little bit about that, you know, instead of ignoring, you know, we wouldn't ignore an external suffering being, let's not ignore the internal suffering being. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So if you feel comfortable, could you share a little bit about your journey with IFS and parts and where you see yourself today and how it's helped you on your journey? Sure. Yep. I talk about that a little bit in my book and I'm been in the process of trying to write my healing memoir, mm. which would really fully illustrate the internal system that I have. Mm. So I will say that I, if people are familiar with the ACEs study, Mm -hmm. the adverse childhood experiences, I'm a nine out of 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I had a childhood filled with trauma, complex trauma, PTSD. Um, I had that until my late thirties and, you know, I was sexually abused by two family members. So Mm -hmm. a lot was packed into my childhood and I was in Hakomi therapy for about three years which was helping. But one day my therapist began to use IFS. And at the end of that session, I just, I said, whatever that was, (laughs) that is, that's powerful stuff. And that's what I need. And I said, what, what did you just do here? And she said, Oh, I just came back from my IFS level one training. And that's, this is IFS. And I said, Oh, I need to know about this. So I went home and I Googled it and About four months later, I was at an Esalen workshop with Dick. And when my therapist did that, it was a really pivotal moment in my healing trajectory. Things just rapidly shifted for me, Mm. really a 180 degree shift. And I have some examples. You know, I used to be extremely shy. I could never look at anybody in their face Mm. or didn't want them to look at me in my eyes. And and now I'm quite confident and Mm -hmm. can to feel very free with that. You know, I could never have imagined doing any public speaking. And now I do a lot of that. Wow. I used to have a lot of triggers and flashbacks 
like all the time and I don't have any anymore. Mm. I used to have a lot of dissociation and now I'm very present. My anxiety disappeared. Wow. And from, you know, having no sexual desire to having a full life, including sexuality, mm. used to be very controlling and now I'm relaxed. My suicidal and self-harm things disappeared and have a lot of more self-love. Mm. So it really saved my life and gave me that 3D full spectrum, you know, a colorful, vivid life full of meaning, being really present. Mm. So it really was a life changer for me. Yeah, yeah. I too come from a traumatized background, also sexually abused by a family member as from as a child. And a lot of the work I've done in therapy is sort of un, you know, working through I don't have an IFS trained therapist, but we do parts work to the best of our ability with the knowledge that we have. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's really helped. I mean, it really is has shifted a lot for me internally. I know there's still some work I need to do, but it's all been good. And so that's amazing to me that so much can change. And it's like you were given a new life. Exactly. That's why that's the way I like to put it is it's given me a new life. And just want to, you know, extend my compassion to you for your similar childhood. Mm, Thank you. um, Thanks for acknowledging that for not only yourself and your parts and me and mine, but others listening too. Yeah. that um, yeah. we can, we can really heal through that. It's really, it can be really hard work. It takes a lot of courage and bravery from, from our parts. Mm-hmm. We can get to the place of unblending and being with our parts. You know, there's nothing too much for self. So our, our self can really hold and be with all of that pain. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. I, I think people who knew me 20, 30, 40 years ago, mm. if they saw me now, they would be like, you're, you're Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not the Michelle I know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I was, we, my husband and I were talking the other day and, and I forget what brought this on, but you know, he's like, you're like a different person than, you, you know, mm. and than, you know, from who I knew when we first met. So that's, that's a nice thing. Isn't it great? And it's, isn't it nice to have that validation from somebody outside of you too? Yes. Yes. Because you feel it and to have it witnessed or validated from somebody else. It's, it's a special thing. It is. It really is. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to share a little bit about the course that you do with your daily parts meditation. And I don't know a whole lot about it, but Mm -hmm. I would love to know more and I would love for the listeners to know more about it. Great. Well, one thing I'll say, it's a good segue is this book is a book that I didn't intend to write. And Dick had asked me to present some of these pieces that are in the book at the annual IFS conference. And when I was getting ready to present their making a PowerPoint, I realized this is, this is way more than a PowerPoint. (laughs) So I quickly within six months wrote this book. Wow. And it's stuff that came out of my own healing work of my own IFS. So Mm. along the way, in order for me to really deeply integrate all of these different parts of me and 
the unburdenings and getting to know my system, I needed to put it together somehow. Like each unburdening was super, super impactful and changed my life. But it was like, at a certain point, I was like, what does this really mean? How does this all fit together? Mm-hmm. And so I started doing things like making a parts timeline. So I used to journal a lot and I went back from old sessions I had with my therapist and I wrote down the parts that came up in each session. Mm. So I created parts. So my book is six tools of integration. So one of them is parts timelines. Mm -hmm. Another is parts maps, which we can take those timelines and make maps. Mm -hmm. And then parts catalog cards are things where we capture that unburdening process where that magical transformation happens for our parts Mm. And then from there, if we want to, we can make parts biographies. It's kind of an extension of that and making anything from a few paragraphs to a, a whole and, chapter or maybe a whole book even yeah. about a part. Yeah. And then from there, eventually I developed, developed a daily parts meditation practice in IFS. Once a part unburdens, we encourage our clients to daily check in with that part for about a month mm-hmm. to see how it's doing from self to have that self to part connection. Mm-hmm. And my system liked that so much that once I was at the very end of my healing, my parts were like, well, we don't want to miss this, you know, these <laughs> meditation times. Let's keep doing this. So that's how I developed my daily parts meditation. Mm-hmm. And then also my parts wanted, I call parts externalizations. And that's the other tool is these ways to externally represent our parts and I let my parts choose something that when I see it I know that that's that particular part Hmm. so those are the six different tools and if you have the book you'll see a diagram of my parts externalizations they're a bunch of pendants Hmm. but in my workshops I really customize them to whoever is bringing me I present at the annual conference most years, and there I just do a three-hour kind of dip into each of the tools. But if somebody is wanting me to come do workshops for them, you guys, whoever's bringing me, gets to pick whichever tools you want me to present on and work with you or your clients or whoever the audience is. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And you do some these days you've been doing some online stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's been interesting. You know, before COVID, I had so many requests to go to different cities and I could never get to all of them <laughs> having a practice and a life. Um, so COVID actually turned out to be very beneficial for this. Mm. So yeah, I've been doing them online. I just completed in February a four-week course for therapists and a three-week course for clients. Mm. And that is now a recorded offering. So if anybody is listening and wants to take, um, if you're a therapist, you can take the therapist version or the client one because we encourage client uh, therapists to do their own work. So you're yep. able to eat either one of them. Yeah. And if you're a client, uh, you can take the client version. And if you go to lifearchitect.com, so you can take that indefinitely um, through Life Architect. And the annual conference will be coming up again. I may be presenting there again this year. Mm. I have a Spanish version of the DPMP workshops coming up later in the year as well. That's cool. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. 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 Lots of different ways to get to know your system and to really honor and validate 
the uniqueness of each part of you. Yeah. I just so appreciate your taking the time to sort of, I know we're just dipping our toes into it, but it feels, I, I don't know, it's nice to get more immersion into the parts work, I think for listeners, because it is such an intriguing, different way looking at yourself. And I think even in sessions for me with my clients, when they're talking about like, oh, I'm so anxious today. I always like to tell them, I'm like, well, what if you reframe that as like a part of me is feeling really anxious today? And can we, <laughs> can we get, you know, curious about what's going on for that part of you, you know, versus like, I am anxiety. It's like, okay, just a part of me is anxious. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that's, that's really so helpful for people to even begin that level of unblending. Cause when we can realize that that's not all of us mm -hmm. it gives us just a little bit more space inside yeah 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 mm. Mm. well very nice thank you michelle thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and expertise on ifs well thanks for having me yeah if people are interested they can find me I've got two Facebook groups for the for the daily parts meditation practice. So you just Google in Facebook DPMP public. Nice. That's for the public um, anybody. And then if you have the book and are working the process, then there's a private page for the DPMP. Oh, nice, nice. And then tell the tell everyone what your website is again. It's the listenerllc.com. Awesome, that's great. Yes. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you, and hope to see you again. Oh, I'm so glad Michelle was able to come on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to her about the model, the IFS model, as well as giving you listeners a chance to better understand IFS and parts and the healing work that can come from it. And I believe that a lot of my more in-depth healing has come from the parts work that I've done to heal the trauma and to heal the childhood emotional neglect. So if you want to know more about Michelle, you can certainly check out her website and her Facebook groups. If you want to know more about working with me, you can find me at elizabethcushcoaching.com or progressioncounseling.com, where I integrate parts work into both my therapy work as well as my coaching, because I think it is a great way to see ourselves. It's a great way to bring more self-compassion and better ways of taking care of ourselves into our daily lives. So if we better understand what our parts need it's much easier to take care of them. So as I said, if you want to know more about me and how to work with me, go to elizabethcushcoaching.com or progressioncounseling.com and you can find me there. You can sign up for the newsletter on both sites. As promised, here's that meditation from Michelle on working with new parts. New parts or parts in process. 
Before you begin, select a part of you that you are curious to get to know better, or a part that you have just become aware of, or a part that you are in process of witnessing in your IFS sessions to connect with for this meditation. You may pause the recording for a moment while selecting if you need to. Once you have this part, keep this part nearby and let them know that you will be with them in a few minutes. As you do this meditation, if you notice any parts that come in while you connect with the part you have chosen, pause the recording and ask what they are concerned about and see if they can relax a bit so that you can connect with this part that you've chosen for this meditation. So begin by getting comfortable, whether in your chair or on the floor. And you might close your eyes or soften your gaze. And you can take a few slow, deep breaths if that helps you to become more present. Now, notice which parts are active and just witness them for a moment. Now invite all parts of you, known and unknown, to gather around. Perhaps you may envision this like a teacher welcoming a room full of students, or a group of colleagues coming together for a meeting. Notice who is talking, what they are thinking, what they are wanting to do and why, and who is sitting attentively at the desk or conference table ready to engage with you. Many people have an inner healing retreat center or sanctuary where many parts go after unburdening. Perhaps you have such a place where you and your parts gather. Now with them here, Ask all of your parts to separate from you just a little bit. Invite them to take one or two steps back from you so that you can be more fully present here with them. Let them know, while it seems like a paradox, the more space or separation they give, the more you can be with them. 
You might invite them all to sit or stand nearby and witness this meditation, or allow some to be elsewhere if they want. And let them know that this meditation will allow for more regular contact with you should you decide to adopt a practice like this. If your parts are unable to step back, that's okay. Be with them where and how you can be for the rest of this meditation and see what they need from you. And if they did create space and you feel in yourself, share your open heart and extend your self-energy to them all. Now, take a few moments to feel yourself, your true self, fully embodied in this moment. Notice what it feels like in your body. Feel yourself connected to your higher power, God, source, or however you conceive of this, if it applies to you and to your own divinity. And come back home to your true self and notice what it feels like to be here again. You can take a moment to do whatever feels right for you, whether it's in silence or prayer with your higher power. You can be in this space for whatever length of time feels right for you. And you may pause this recording if you want more time. And when you're ready, find the part you selected earlier with whom you'll spend time in this meditation. Make contact and be with him, her, or them.
and share your open, compassionate heart with this part. Some parts like just being with you and no conversation, and others like dialogue. For those who want dialogue, you might ask them some of the following questions. How are you and how have you been since we last spoke? What else do you really want me to know, feel, sense, or get about what you have experienced? And do you feel I get what you just let me feel, see, or know? If not, invite this part to really convey it to you so that you do get it, but without blending 100%. And is there anything you need from me? So take some time right now to be with this part. You might want to pause the recording here to connect with this part. Take another minute connecting and being in relationship with this part again. Let them know that this is not their only time to be with you, but see if there's anything else they want you to know or to share with you before your next time together.
And when this feels complete, let this part know that you're thinking about creating a daily practice that will allow for more regular connection. If it feels authentic, thank them for this time and all they shared and extend your open heart to them again. You might thank them for trusting you or being willing to begin to trust you. You might thank them for everything they shared with you just now. You might thank them for being exactly who they are, this unique aspect of you. And you might even tell them that you love them. Then remind them that they can connect with you anytime they need. This is best done when they come to you directly and with space so that you can be there with and for them. And when you're ready, tell them goodbye for now and stay inward. Again, take a moment to feel yourself embodied and connected to source. You may share your gratitude and you may thank all your parts for giving you space and let them know that they can each experience this with you. And if your parts did not allow for more space at this time, that's okay. Let them know that you and your therapist, if needed, can tend to their needs and concerns. If parts came in while connecting with your chosen part, Acknowledge the concerns they had and send appreciation if they did step back even for a short time. And remind them all that you may be co-creating your own daily practice and look forward to time with each of them. And when you feel ready, slowly open your eyes and come back to the room. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope that you take time to be kind and compassionate with all of your parts. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. This week's episode is brought to you by three invitations to come home to you. We all have different parts or voices we hear that can influence how we act, how we feel, and how we engage with the world. When we can get curious and learn more about all of our parts with compassion, we begin to feel more at home in ourselves. I'd like to invite you to explore some of your parts with the three invitations to come home to you. 
When you sign up, you'll gain access to the prompts that will be your guide to help you get to know you and your parts a little bit better. To get access to your prompts and find out more about working one-on-one with me, go to elizabethcushcoaching.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Woman Warriors Podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guest profiles at womanwarriors.com.